I know most of you know Ferris, and uh, he is just a, a gracious uh, man full of the love of God. But when he preaches, I promise you there will be a fire in his belly that causes the word to come forth strong. And uh, I just pray that you'd open your hearts to receive him this morning in Jesus' name. Well, hello, everybody. Did you get all that worship out and the praise given? All right. Well, it's good to be back, and um, this is my favorite place on the road to come. Um, other than preaching in my own pulpit at home, uh, this is my favorite place of all. And uh, I just love, I love the set man of this house. Um, I love his family. I love the elders. I love all the relationships that I've established here. And... Um, it's just easy to walk in to this house and uh, feel like I'm a part of it in some way and connected in some way. So are you ready to get into the Word? Amen. Now before we do, let me say thank you. Um, I think I may have already said this before the last time I was here, but I've just been meditating on it all morning and my heart is full. Um, <clears throat> How many years ago was it that Matthew and Natalie and company came here? Five years, something like that, and they stayed three years, something like that. Um, I just want to say thank you to Gateway Church, to Derek and Angie, to Damon and Sarah, to... Jared and Cassie and all the others that I'm sure I'll forget. But um, had you not opened your heart and received my children, they may not have made it. And it was God at work in them, surely. But it was God at work in them through you. And I just want to say thank you for what Gateway Church did for my kids grandkids. Amen? Amen? Sorry to get emotional on you, but um, that it really does come from the heart. I am very, very grateful. I've got a word, uh, I believe, from the Lord. You know, I quit sermonizing a long time ago. I just, I don't have any confidence in it because if sermons were going to save us and make us glorious... Dear Lord, you know we'd be glorious by now. <laughs> because we've been sermonized till we can't be sermonized anymore. And I'm not finding fault. And for those who still do that, that's, that's okay. That's fine. That's a part of growing up in ministry. I understand. But, but my job is not to preach you a sermon today. My job is to simply try to tap into and understand what it is that God is doing and do that. Does that make sense? Jesus said, I don't do anything but what I see my father do. And he's pretty good at ministry, wasn't he? And so I just want to interpret what I hear him saying and what I not only hear him saying, but feel in his emotions this morning for Gateway Church. Because if you can hear that, then you'll never be the same again. Now, you can hear a sermon and walk away and really forget it before you get to lunch. 
But if you hear God, uh, He changes you. And His Word, when He speaks, it has power in it. And it'll transform you. And it'll change the way you think. And you'll begin to think not natural thoughts, but you'll begin to think higher thoughts. Thoughts that God thinks. Now, how many of you like to think like God? Now, that's, some would think that that's kind of arrogant. Who do you think you are that you could think like God? Well, absolutely I think I could think like God. Because he's, he, he commanded me that I be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And I use His Word, what He says, to renew my thoughts. And I exchange squirrely human thoughts for higher thoughts that only God thinks. I mean, God looks at dead things and believes they can live. Right? Uh, mere man looks at dead things and says, it's over. Let's bury it. And so I want to begin to think like God. And, and I just want to encourage you, and then we'll jump right in. I just want to encourage you to... As you're sitting here today, not be wandering in your thoughts of reckon what I'm going to have for lunch, reckon how this convention is going to go, have I made all my marks, did I, get, did I get the bands covered, and did I get my song list made, and, and, and are, are all, is all the food taken care of this afternoon? But to say, Lord, this is your time. As we sang, I give it all to you. Give you this time. Lord of heaven and earth, creator, majesty, speak to me as I'm sitting here. I belong to you, and I am on a journey, a journey you gave me to reach a destiny that only you can dream of. Speak to me and give me what I need, not only for this next week, but for the rest of my path. And give me the secrets, give me the deep things that will cause me to believe and cause me to see what it is I'm on the planet to see. And to be enabled with the power to do what I'm on the planet to do. In Jesus' name. Amen? Now what a, what a, a good 45 minutes or an hour we would have if we accomplished that. Right? And so I just ask you to be hungry today to receive. Now, most of the time when I come, I come with what I would call an apostolic message. And I can't get the apostolic out of me, so it'll probably come out apostolic anyhow. But I do believe, uh, as I've been praying and, and sensing, I believe that God has a prophetic word for you today. A prophetic word. Um, a forth-telling of something that uh, is going to mean something to you individually, but also uh, corporately. So are you ready to receive that? Well, turn in your Bibles to Revelation 21, chapter 21 of Revelation. That's easy to find, isn't it? It's at the back of the book. I want to share with you a truth. A revelation. And here it is in a nutshell. God is a God who makes all things new. 
Now, I'm a trophy of that. Do we have any other trophies in the room who've been made new by this same God that I speak of? This is God. Now, some of you may be just beginning in your walk with God. Maybe there's somebody in the room today who hasn't started in your walk with God. Or maybe you're a beginner. Or maybe you've become a leader in this walk, in this journey with God. But wherever you are, wherever you are, God wants to manifest Himself to you. And He wants to show Himself strong. We're on a journey. How many of you know that? We're on a journey. We're going somewhere. This path that we're on, it does lead somewhere. And it's the destiny that God had in mind for you. And the dream that only He can dream for your life. Now, one thing I've learned in traveling is, and I have a history of land surveying as well. In order to make a path, in order to chart a course, you have to know at least two pieces of information. You have to know where you are. And you have to know what? The end. Now, you don't have to know a whole lot about the middle. But you do have to know where you're going. And so if you go on MapQuest or your GPS, it asks for two pieces of information. Start and end. And it figures the rest out. And so what I've learned, though, about taking journeys is, and, and I mean physical, but also spiritual, is if you can go to the end, to the destination, to the bullseye, and then work yourself back to where you are. You get a sense of, okay, so now I know what to expect because I, I've defined the bullseye, I've defined the, definition, the, the, the target that I'm aiming for. And so I want to do that for us in Revelation because here is a verse, a, a, a portion of Scripture that I believe defines the ultimate target of where we're going. And we can pick it up in verse 1 through uh, verse 7. Now watch. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Now, notice how many times you see the word new. Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride. We aren't talking about a city like Colorado Springs. We're talking about people here. We're talking about Christians. We're talking about the bride of Christ coming down adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle, oh my goodness, the tabernacle of God is with men. It wasn't in the Old Testament, was it? But it is in the New Testament, the tabernacle, the temple of God is not in Jerusalem anymore over in Israel. No, the temple of God is with men. And you and I are the new Jerusalem. 
And here it goes now. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there uh, be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I, what a promise, I will be his God and he shall be my son. And who said it? The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Your daddy, God, is who said it. Whether you're just starting or whether you've become a leader, you need to understand God makes all things new. And if you're going to hang out with Him, He's going to make you new too. Amen? I'll go for some of that. Now, I've been made new already, but I need to be made new some more. Come on. It's just not a microwave that happens in 30 seconds, is it? I wish it was, but it's not. All right, now, I want you to understand this. God does not change. We could turn to Malachi chapter 3. I think it's verse 8. We could turn to Hebrews 13. I think it's verse 8. But God does not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today. And forever. He, he doesn't change. God doesn't change. But I'll tell you what. His seasons do. His seasons in my life change. And thank God they do. Wouldn't you hate to be a farmer that lived in a land where the seasons wouldn't change? The seeds wouldn't grow. And so seasons must change, but God doesn't. And so I want to talk to you today about God who makes all things new. Now, if you're taking notes, write down. There's two Greek words for new. The first is neos, N-E-O-S, neos. And the second is kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S. Say neos, say kainos. Now, neos is uh, new in respect to time. Uh, when we have a new year come January 1, that is neos. We have a new... When you trade in your Yugo you've been driving to go get a new Yugo, that's a neos car. That's a new car 
it's a new one has now become available. All right? Now, we might say that um, an investigator might say that there has, there's a new development in the case I'm working on. That's NEOS. Um, we might say Verizon has a new rebate available. That's NEOS. We might say Pizza Hut has a new bargain for $10. Large pizzas for $10. Father's Day, they had large pizzas for $5. Ask me how I know. <laughs> That's neos. That's something is now available that wasn't, but it's still a pizza. It's still a rebate. Last month it was one rebate. Now it's another. Last week I was driving one Yugo, now I'm driving another. But it's Neos. But now, if you trade in your Neos for a BMW, it's not Neos anymore. It's Kynos. Because Kynos is new in quality. New at a whole nother level new. Not, not, the, not another one again. Now, when God says He makes all things new, He does both. He, make, he, gives, he makes me neos. He will wipe my slate clean. Is there anybody in here who can say amen? amen? I had a bad slate, did you? I had some wrong stuff written up on my chalkboard. And he wiped it away and gave me a new chalkboard. But it's still a chalkboard. But not only will God make me neos new, God will make me kynos new. New in quality. When the, when the New Testament says that we have a new covenant, have you heard, you read verses that say, this is the new covenant? It doesn't mean second covenant. See, if you have a new Yugo, that's a second Yugo. Right? If you get a new year, that's a 2013 model of the year. That's new in time. And it's what's recent. It's what's available. But kainos is new in quality uh, the new covenant is not a second covenant. It's a better covenant. When we read about that, uh, that Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. That's not a 13th commandment. You know, there's 12 commandments in the Old Testament and now he gives us one in the new. That makes 13, right? No, it's, it's not a neos covenant, it's a kynos covenant. It's a better covenant. It's a covenant that wraps all of that up in one. And it's a higher covenant. It's a better covenant. It's better in quality. Now, <clears throat> this church, as long as I've been coming here, has a mandate from God, I believe, and that is to make disciples. And what I believe the Spirit wants to say to you today, among other things, is how in the world can you 
go out and help people be made new if you don't have a good grasp on it yourself. God wants to reveal Himself in a brand new way to you and show you that you might be saved, you might be filled with the Spirit, you might be new in a lot of ways, but God wants to show you a whole nother level, a better you, a more transformed you. Now there's a good word. The word transform is the best word I know in English that, that goes with kainos. Because new in quality means you are being transformed. You used to think this level of thoughts. But before you were saved, it was this level of thoughts. Right? And then you got saved and you started thinking higher thoughts. And then you were filled with the Spirit and you're thinking higher thoughts. But it doesn't stop there. God wants to cause my mind to be renewed to think like He thinks and to think His thoughts. Can you embrace that? God makes all things new. And the more I know that, the more I can help you find your new. And there's people out in Colorado Springs today that need to be made new, that need to be transformed. There's people where you work. There's people you live close to. There's family members that you still have that need to be transformed and don't just need their chalkboard wiped off, but they need a whole new way of communicating than a chalkboard. And so God wants to empower you and to enable you to help somebody else by opening your eyes and revealing how good He is. How good He is because He keeps getting better and better the more I know Him. How about you? Now, let me ask you. Let's pause here for a second and just ask you. Can you imagine... Can you imagine the new you? What does the new you look like? What behaviors would change? Not if you just, just got your chalkboard wiped. But I mean if he lifted you to a whole brand new level of living and thinking. What behaviors would change? What desires would change? What perspectives would change? What values would change? Why am I asking you this? Because of a truth. If you can see it, then you can say it. And if you say it, you can become it. You want me to say that again? I want to say it again because it feels good when I say it. <laughs> if you can see it. Now, see it means not just, well, I heard it. I was at church. I heard there's kindness available. God makes all things new. He makes me new. I'm not who I used to be. I'm, I'm changed. I'm transformed. No, I mean, can you begin to imagine and see and define the new you, the one that doesn't act the way it's been acting? 
The one that doesn't stumble where it's been stumbling. The one that won't get depressed over the stuff that you've been getting depressed over. Come on. The person who won't cuss when you do a certain thing. Uh, Maybe y'all already transformed. I don't know. (laughs) We still got people in Georgia that cuss. I don't know if y'all still cuss or not. But if you do, God wants to get the cuss out of you. Come on. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands now. Come on. I'll close my eyes before I do that. Can you imagine the new you? I mean... At some point in your life, you value certain things, and if those things are crushed, you feel like your life's over. Well, what if those values changed to where your life wasn't about what it used to be about? God wants to change us and transform us. He's not done with you. Can you imagine, what if Peter had not been able to see the new Peter? Because Peter, when we first meet him, he's he's a cusser. He's a profane fisherman. I mean, he'll lie and cheat and steal. He's after about saving his own neck, isn't he? Even after he knows Jesus, he's about saving his neck. Come on. Bald-faced lie. No, I don't know who that is. Knowing good and well who he was. He already called him Christ, the son of the living God. And so, what if Peter could not see the new Peter? Now, that same fisherman, that same cussing fisherman, here's what happened to him. He got kainos. He was made new. He was transformed. So much so that he's an author of the Bible. So much so that he walks out and walks down the street and his shadow heals folks. Now you could say, well, isn't that the cussing fisherman? Well, yeah, kind of. His name's still Peter. But he's higher He's transformed. He's been, God has made all things new in Peter. Can you see that? What if Paul could not see the new Paul? I mean, now here you go. How bad were you? Well, you weren't as bad as Paul. Because you'd still be in prison if you were as bad as Paul. Paul kills Christians. But things happened to Paul. Say things happened. Things happened to Paul that caused Paul to exercise his power of choice and to believe new things. And in believing new things, God made Paul new. So much so that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. 
So much so that he became the apostle most referred to in pulpits everywhere. Already referred to today. Apostle Paul, we call him. This guy back here killed Christians. And he didn't just make New Year's resolutions to become the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. You can't make resolutions that much to change. No, no. He tapped into a revelation of who God is. And one of the things he saw of God is God is a God who makes all things new. He takes old things. And he makes new things. He takes dead things and he makes living things. He makes all things new. I believe the Lord sent me to tell Gateway Church and every individual member that God wants to show you in the coming days just how much so that he makes all things new. Whether you've started on your journey, whether you're a beginner, whether you're a leader, or whether you're thinking about retirement age, God still makes all things new. And if you get this down in your heart as a revelation rather than a sermon, you are enabled, you are empowered to help anybody in Colorado Springs or any other place find this God and know Him as a God who makes all things new. Now, that's enough for individual for a moment. Can you imagine the new Gateway Church? So I don't want a new Gateway Church. I love Gateway Church. Listen, God doesn't change, but seasons do. And for Gateway Church or any other seed, S-E-E-D, to be healthy, to become a tree with leaves for the healing of nations. Seasons must change. Seasons must change. In me and in, as an individual, seasons must change. Churches, seasons must change. But imagine for a moment, can you see gateway? Now we're not talking about a building. We're talking about a group of people. But can you see us corporately as gateway stepping into a new season? Oh, but let me tell you what comes with new seasons. New experiences. Can you see gateway stepping into? Why would gateway do that? Because gateway is following God and God makes all things including gateway. Lord, I felt that down in my bones. God makes all things new. If you hang out with Him, you're going to be new. God wants to make all things new. Now I said I gave you a progression. Let me explain that for just a minute. Can you see it? Because if you can see it, you can say it. Now, I'm not giving you this charismatic name and claim it. That's not what this is. This is really seeing it with 
my faith, seeing it in the Spirit, the new me, the new you, the new gateway. Can I see it? Because here's what happens when I really see what God wants to make me, what God wants to make gateway. That gives me then the opportunity to exercise my power of choice to believe. And if I exercise my power of choice to believe on what I have seen is available, and I exercise my power of choice to believe, then my heart is filled, and out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks it out. Now, when when people who have authority like you and I have in Christ, speak out things and declare things, it's powerful. It might not seem powerful in the natural, but it's very powerful in the spirit realm. What you and I, born again, spirit-filled believers, say out of our mouths are very uh, powerful in the spirit realm. And it releases the creative power of God to perform what was said. If what was said was believed, and what was believed was seen to be the will of God. Let let me just say that one more time. If you see it, that's why I ask you, can you see the new you? Not cussing anymore. Not hitting on your wife anymore. Not having to have alcohol anymore not having to do drugs anymore, not thinking about and imagining porn in your mind anymore, not getting depressed over small values anymore. Can you see the new you? Because if you can see it, God makes all things new. And what He did for Peter and what He did for Paul Surely God will do it for me too. Surely God will do it for Gateway too. If I can see it and exercise my power of choice to believe it, then I can say it with conviction. And when I do, God's creative power is released to perform it. Lord, if I can get that principle down. Now, It's available. It's available. And when God performs it, when God changes your season, when God changes the season of gateway, here's what happens. New things happen. See, this is the whole message that some preach as an open heaven, some preach as the manifestations of the sons of God. It it doesn't matter what name you put on it. The bottom line is... That the body of Christ is being transformed by a God who makes all things new. And we are coming to changes of seasons where new things are available that weren't before. And what I'm saying to you, for you as an individual, new things. If you'll exercise your, see it and exercise your power of choice to believe it so that you can say it, new things are available for you that you can be enabled to do things today you weren't enabled to do before. And if God will do it for you as an individual, and the guy sitting next to you, and the girl sitting on the other side, 
We are gateway. And corporately together, God wants to make all things new. And imagine what happens when we corporately see and we corporately exercise our power of choice to believe and we corporately all stand up and declare it together. And God's creative power starts working. It starts making new things available. New things available. Now, you got to watch out for them things. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to watch out for them things. Let me give you two references because I, I got a lot more to say. I don't want to turn and study too much because I know what will happen if we do. But over in, uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 14, just before that Paul says, and I can't quote it exactly, but Paul says, uh, <clears throat> Beloved, not that I have already attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things that are before, I press toward the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. I guess I can quote it. <laughs> now, <clears throat> hear what he says. Hear what he says. I haven't attained my destiny, my start and my end, remember? My destiny. I haven't attained it. I haven't reached it yet. But to get there, to leave and to get there, this one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind I forget those things. I forget those things. you got to be careful for them things. How you deal with the things, individually, corporately, how you deal with what goes on in this little heart of yours and how you deal with what goes on in this wonderful church of yours affects, listen carefully, your ability to press. Now, did you hear what he said? I haven't attained, I haven't reached my destiny, my goal, my bullseye yet, but this one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind. I deal with my things. And I reach forth to those things that are in front of me, not behind me. I don't keep doing this. I reach forth to those things that are in front and I press toward the mark. How can he press toward the mark? Because he dealt with them things. You got to be careful for them things. You got to be careful for the little foxes that can spoil the vine. You got to be careful what happens in corporate church life. Listen, stuff's going to happen. I said, stuff happens. You get 200 and something people together, some stuff's going to happen. Some good stuff and some negative stuff. Now, if I was at home, I'd say it a little different way, but I'd, uh, I'm not going to take those kind of liberties with you. But sheep do a lot of stuff. Some dung stuff. Yeah, that's the best way I could put it, because that's not the way I'd have said it at home. I know, he's from the south. He knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> Stuff's going to happen. Stuff, killing Christians, that's some stuff. 
cussing and lying in the face of the Son of God is some stuff. Yeah, but God makes all things new. And he takes my stuff and he does what only he can do with it. And he makes it new. That's who God is. There's some folks in Colorado Springs that got stuff, man. But God's a God who makes all things new. And I don't need to give you the Greek word of all, do I? <laughs> all is all. There's nothing outside of all. All right. Now let's see if we can take a few more steps together. <clears throat> Write this down if you're taking notes. I, I think Well, two things, but the first is this. Former things. I want to talk a minute about former things. We, we read that in our text in Revelation. We're going to read it after a while in another place. And we read it, or I quoted it to you, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, former things. Um, <clears throat> Either these things are stuff, or as Damon says, dung. Not as Ferris says, dung. Damon said it. I'm just repeating what Damon said. Either these things become stones in the temple that God is building, or either they need to be released and forgotten. I'm sure that Peter made some of his wrong choices and his lies and his deceit. I'm sure he made some stones in the new temple that God was building out of him. I'm sure he got wisdom from that. But notice, Paul, I'm sure he learned some things from his stuff and brought it over and made stones in his new temple. But Paul himself said, I haven't attained, oh, I was going this way, wasn't I? Haven't attained, but this one thing I do, I forget them things. So either he made stones and made pavement in his new path with them, or he got them off of the path. But I want to tell you, your past can ruin your future if you let it. And stuff that you've seen, stuff that you've heard, stuff that you've gone through as an individual and as a church can keep you from going any further unless you deal properly with it. Go on and forgive whoever you need to forgive. Go on and repair whatever needs to be repaired, whatever needs to be confessed, whatever needs to be submitted. Whatever needs to happen, let it happen and let those things, my mistakes and failures become stones in the new you. Because if you hold on to them, if you remain bitter concerning them, 
if you keep meditating on them and playing them like a recorder over and over and meditating on them over and over and over in your mind, they're going to keep you from your bullseye. Now, does that make sense? All right. God, he said in our text, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Let God be your Omega over them things that are behind. For some of you today, if you'll let God, He will close the door once and for all on them things. Are you listening? I said it was a prophetic word. Now, you got to decide whether it's just a sermon or a prophetic word. But if you decide that God, in fact, is speaking through this, this word, then He is here to perform whatever He's saying. And He, right now in this meeting, can be Omega and shut the door and be the end of them things that have been tormenting you. And when he is Omega and the door is closed, guess what? He also is Alpha. And he opens up a brand new door for you to walk through. New ventures, new ideas, the new you to begin something else. Don't you, don't you look forward to some of this stuff that you've been going through? Don't you look forward for it to end and be over? I look forward to dealing with something else. I mean, it doesn't mean there's no more problems. But just new problems would be nice. <laughs> doesn't mean they're not going to be crisis, but new crisis, please. These crises are wearing me out. I'm getting tired of these. Open up, oh Alpha. Brand new doors for me to walk through. Listen, it might be new crisis. It might be new problems. At least you're getting closer to the destiny. I said at least you're getting closer to the destiny. You're another problem closer. Another crisis closer. Another prayer closer. Another fasting time closer. Just don't quit and press toward the mark. And you'll hit it. You as an individual will hit it. And Gateway Church is going to hit it. Yeah, but Gateway's been through some stuff. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You show me a church that hasn't been through some stuff, and I'll show you one. The devil don't care anything about stopping. Thank God the devil torments me and comes against me and tries to stop me. I'd hate to live and die in him for, to never know I lived. But I don't know about you, Bishop. You're a little strong for me. I, I don't go around talking about the devil like that. Listen. Jesus was born, and while he was in a manger, it disturbed the devil. Moses was born, it disturbed the devil. When he's born and in a basket. If you're a threat to the kingdom, uh, not the kingdom, the realm, 
If you're a, a threat to the realm of darkness, good. If warfare comes against you and voices speak in your ears, I mean, I mean, I know that's a bunch to deal with, and I know he wants to stop us, and I get tormented too, but at least he's trying to stop me. At least he's trying to get me off my course. Because if he knows if I'll stay on it, I'm going to hit my target. Because I am not the one causing it. The Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega is bringing me to my target. Why? He makes all things new. I got some Peter in me. I've got some Paul in me. But if I'll make stones on the road with all of this stuff that's gone on and learn from it where I can learn from it. But after I've learned from it, throw it away and forget it and don't concentrate on it anymore. And let Alpha open up new ventures for you on your way to your destiny. Does that make sense? All right. Now, I got two more things to set in your heart before we go. The first is, turn to Proverbs 29. This is going to help somebody. And it's going to help this church. I know because it helped me when I saw it. Now, I've been knowing it. But how many of you can say, I've known stuff and then I knew it again? I mean, when God says it and speaks it and shows it and reveals it, it's like you never saw it before. Now, what does this say? Proverbs 18. What verse? What did I say? 29. What am I talking about? It's just in the Bible somewhere. Now, here's what it says. Verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, I know this is kind of a cliche verse and we quote it all the time, but I don't really think we know what it means. Without a vision... The people perish. Now the word perish, if you're taking notes, is the uh, word para. Para, P-A-R-A, para. And it means to go back, to retreat in fear due to a lack of hope or focus. So those who don't have a vision will go back and retreat in fear due to a lack of hope or a lack of focus. Notice, they don't go back, they don't retreat because there was an obstacle. There's going to be obstacles. But an obstacle, for a man with a vision. 
is just something to overcome. Without a vision, you go back. Not because there's a new obstacle, you go back. No, because you don't have a vision. If you have a vision, you'll kick over the obstacle. You'll deal with the obstacle. The problem is not the obstacle. We've got to get our eyes off the obstacle. We've got to get our hearts filled with vision. Because a heart filled with vision deals with obstacles. Deals with fears. But we get so obstacle focused. He says without a vision, the people perish. Listen, there are always going to be obstacles. It's not your job to control situations. Now do this. I'm glad he said that. It's not your job to control situations. It is your job to see situations through God's eyes and to make proper choices. Don't try to control the obstacle. Don't try to control the situation. That's not what hitting the target is about. What hitting the target is about is a heart filled with vision that came from God. And seeing the obstacle, seeing the situation through the eyes of God. And making choices accordingly. Exercising my power of choice. Listen, Flip Wilson had it wrong. Now, I'm dating myself, I know. Flip Wilson didn't have it right. He, he didn't know what he's talking about. He said, the devil made me do it. The devil don't make you do nothing. You choose to do. Sometimes, maybe what the devil offers. The devil don't make you do nothing. The devil can't keep you from hitting your bullseye if you'll just keep on making choices. And seeing situations and seeing obstacles through the eyes of God. And exercising your faith. And press. And not let those ball and chains call them their things. Hold you back from pressing. Without a vision, the people perish. Now, it also means naked. It also means unequipped. It also means ignorant. But we don't have time for that yet. Now, without a vision, the people perish. Now, this, I don't know if you I don't know if you can stand this or not. The word vision is the word hazon. Say hazon. C-H-A-Z-O-N, if you're spelling it. Hazon. Now, hazon means mental sight. Mental sight. Now, if you're taking notes and you can draw, do this. Start here and do a spiral and get smaller and smaller until you have a bullseye. A spiral until you have a bullseye. Now, make the middle of that bullseye real dark and fat. I mean, you want to be able to hit it, right? (laughs) Let's just make it big and fat, not tiny. That bullseye on your drawing is hazon. 
without a bullseye in my mental sight, the people will perish. Now, on that same drawing, take your pen and make you some other little dots as if you were shooting a gun and you weren't a good shot and you missed and you never hit the bullseye. You got it in your mind if you're not drawing? Now, those are not hazon. Those dots are distractions. What keeps us from hitting our bullseye as we get where we're looking in our scope, we're not looking at the bullseye anymore. We say, well, I missed that up and to the right. And oh, I missed that up and, oh, I'm a bad shot. I always go up and to the right. Oh, I always go up and to the right. And oh, you know, last time I come out and shot, I went up and to the right. Well, guess where you're going? Up and to the right. Why? Because you focused on up and to the right. And that's just a little speck. That bullseye is big and fat. Does that make sense? We've got to get the specks. We've got to get a new bullseye sheet put up for those of you that go, go shooting guns or arrows. We've got to have a new page put up that has just a bullseye and not those distractions. Without a bullseye in my mental sight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to retreat in fear because of a lack of what? Vision. Because of a lack of focus. Because of a lack of knowledge. I'm going to retreat. Not because I got problems, but because I don't have a heart that's filled with anything, but up and to the right. You get the vision of your life, your hazon, and you get locked in on it. There's going to be obstacles, but you won't see the obstacles because you're not focused on them. You're focused on your bullseye. And you keep pressing towards that bullseye. And you're going to kick over obstacles along the way. There's going to be obstacles. going to be situations. Don't get your eyes off the target and start saying, Dear God, look at all those problems. Dear Lord, I am in trouble. No, I'm not in trouble. Lift up thine eyes. Lift up thine eyes. Lift up thine eyes off of the path. Off of the distractions and fix them on the vision. Now why do I keep saying the vision? Because it's the vision. It's not your vision. It's not the vision of some man somewhere. No. It's God's vision. It's God's vision for you. God has a destiny in mind for you. He's got a destiny in mind for Gateway. Now, turn with me very quickly. I've got five minutes, four minutes. Turn to Isaiah and I'm done. Let's look at one, one other thing here. Because this, I believe, sums up what the prophetic word is for you. 
Isaiah chapter 42. For the sake of time, we won't read the first eight verses of 42. But let me just say what it is. It is a prophetic word concerning Jesus Christ. My Bible has it headed, God's special servant. It's, G, it's prophetically speaking of Jesus. Isaiah 42, 1 through 9. Now, you might think, well, it's speaking of Jesus. So it's not my prophecy. Anything that's prophetic for Jesus is prophetic for you if you're in Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. Now, this might be challenging for some, but it's all right. Just, just bear with me a minute. Christ is not Jesus' last name. You know, I'm Ferris Cox. Well, Cox is my last name. Jesus Christ, Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Christ didn't die on a cross. Jesus did. Christ is Christos, the anointing. The anointing's what went and did all the business and came back through the tomb and woke up Jesus from the dead. And that same Christ ain't in heaven either. He's not on, seated at the right hand of God. Jesus is. That Christ is in me. Excuse me just a minute. Let me just, just shake a minute. That same Christ is in you. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. So now, that's quicker than reading eight verses. Probably not. I probably could have read eight verses quicker. <laughs> but I am trying to hurry. Behold, verse 9, the, oh my goodness, former things are come to pass. Means they're over. They're history. Come on, somebody. The stuff behind me, the good thing about it is it is behind me. The stuff I've gone through, let's throw a party because I've gone through it. It's over. It's yesterday. Yeah, it's bad. Killing Christians, cussing, denying Jesus. It's stuff. It's dung. But the good thing about it is the wind is blowing this way and its stink is going that way and I'm headed this way with my face into the wind. You know who's the most happy about that? Those that got some stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
I got some stuff. So behold, the former things are come to pass. They're over their history. New things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. My Lord. The stuff that's made you weary. Here's what I believe prophetically. I'm speaking now both. I won't take the time to, to do you and then do the church. I'm speaking to you both. Speaking to you as an individual, I'm speaking to all of you as a church. The stuff that has made you weary back here won't make you weary over here. The stuff that caused you to stumble yesterday won't cause you to stumble tomorrow. The stuff that depressed you back here won't depress you any longer. Why? Because you're beginning to see it. Exercising your power of choice to believe and therefore say it. And when you say it, the creative power of God begins to work to perform it. And when He performs it, new things happen. Former things, new things. A cusser, a praiser. Oh. That's better than you're letting on. A cusser, a praiser. A cheater, a giver. Come on. A hater and one who's filled with bitterness and a lover. Why? Because God makes all things new. <laughs> Woo! God makes all things new. Now, all right. Two minutes. Ready? Turn the page. Isaiah 43, 18, 19, and I'm done. Remember... Ye not the former things. That means don't recollect them. Don't reflect on them. Don't mention them. Don't record them. Is something wrong year after year after year if you're talking about failures that are behind you? Don't recollect them. Don't record them. I love this one. Don't commemorate them. Don't commemorate them. Commemorate the God who makes all things new, who brings this destiny that only He could dream to pass in your life. So remember, ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Don't pay attention to them. Behold, I will do what? <laughs> A new thing. In you as an individual and in you as Gateway Church. Now it shall spring forth. I love it. The prophetic word, when it comes to you, it has now in mind. Not 14 years from now, it's going to spring forth. Now it's going to spring forth, or he wouldn't be denouncing it. Can you imagine Jesus standing at the tomb? Lazarus, come forth. 
and waiting 14 years for him to come out? No. When did Lazarus come out? Then he came out. Because the power of God was released because Jesus exercised his power of choice to believe. Why? Because he saw it come out. He saw him come out and he announced him to come out. And what did he do? He came out. He came out. Behold, I'll do a new thing. It shall spring forth now. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'd love to go into all the ways God's a way maker, but I'll leave that up to somebody else. Father, I thank you for every individual that's here. And I thank you for this corporate group that I love so much, who's done so much for me. But more than that, Spirit of grace, I thank you for speaking. Spirit of truth, I thank you for speaking today a prophetic word that if they'll exercise their power of choice, they'll step into a brand new day where new things begin to happen in their own lives, in their own families, in their own marriages, their own finances, their own work environments and atmospheres, their own family relationships. And that this corporate house known as Gateway, Lord God, let her step into a brand new season where new things happen. Empowered to do things that corporately they've never been empowered to do. Because it's a new day and God keeps making all things new. I pray, Lord, that you help every person by the power of the Spirit to exercise his or her power of choice to believe this is not a sermon. This is an announcement. This is an invitation to take a step of faith together and see God make all things new. Even this region, even Colorado Springs and all the other places this network is connected. God, I thank you for a manifestation of your power, your creative power, performing it now. In Jesus' name. Oh, praise God. Can you give the Lord a hand clap? <clears throat> you know, there's a, a number of parents in the room, and I'll just say this. Uh, you know, when we went to have kids, you know, you're young, you think about having kids, and, and people tell you, just wait, take your time, because it's hard, right? Only folks who've lived through that understand that. And... Uh, but, you know, the, the vision and the excitement of, of new young couples to have a family and, and to build a family, sharing that for a reason, because that's how God makes all things new in family, isn't it? It's reproducing, multiplying. That's how God builds his family. When we share the love of Christ, you know what happens? People come to Christ. His family grows, and he makes all things new. There's no, nothing quite as exciting as seeing somebody genuinely come to the faith, commit their life to Christ, and begin to walk their journey out, if you will. And corporately, uh, because that word was there, and I'll give some news that I wasn't sure if I was going to share today, but Gateway um, Church will have a campus in Longmont, probably come sometime in, in August or September. I had a meeting yesterday with a young man, and so there'll be a new campus in Longmont, Colorado, and uh, 
you know, we watch God make all things new and expand. Now, here's the deal. You know, you start having kids and they're a lot of work, right? Churches start having churches and they're a lot of work. And uh, yesterday when I got on my motorcycle and went to Longmont and back from Longmont because we've got the convention going and everything taking place, I'm driving up thinking, do I really want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep having kids? Corporately, do we want to see Gateway expand that way? Yes, we do. Why? Because the kingdom of God advances. Amen. And I appreciate every single one of you. I know it was a longer day, but we don't want to bring this man from Georgia and, and let him come in and just give us, what do you call it, a sermonette? And uh, uh, we don't want that. I thank you for the word you spoke into Gateway. God bless every one of you. Have a great day. We'll see you at the convention. Uh, 630 in the evenings is when it begins.